Tommy C Show is brought to you by Truth Verified. For all of those who consider themselves a source of truth and who fight daily against the prolific disinformation campaign propagated by social and traditional media sources, Truth Verified is a brand that is bound by nothing but intellectual honesty, absent any political, social, or geographical biases or discriminations. Thank you for supporting the Tommy C Show through the purchase of Truth Verified merchandise at therealtommyc.com forward slash merchandise. The truth is strong and the power is local. Hey, it is Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. Thank you for tuning in to the Tommy C Show, the podcast that's become a popular resource for patriotic truth and action. The podcast determined to swim with the big fish someday. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Nemo, Dory. I love those 90s uh, animated flicks. They were awesome. Hey, good afternoon. It is about 3.45 local time, Central Standard Time here in Wisconsin. And I have a lot to share today, including some news about the show that I am very excited to tell you all about. First, if you're watching me on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button and subscribe. It really helps. Likewise, hit that Rumble button and subscribe if you're watching on uh, Rumble. If you're listening on Apple and would subscribe and leave me a positive review, I'd also be very grateful. You can support the show through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App by going to therealtommyc.com forward slash contribute or through the purchase of Truth Verified merchandise at therealtommyc.com. Before anything else today, I want to talk briefly about the shooting yesterday in Colorado, but I want to express my sincerest sympathies to the families uh, of all of those who were killed yesterday, including the Boulder police officer, a 51-year-old officer, uh, Eric Tolley, who was a father of seven children. Who responded to the shooting and without hesitation uh, heroically uh, pursued the shooter and lost his life doing so and trying to stand up for others. Uh, and those of us, those of us that are close to law enforcement or have experience in it, understand uh, that every day you just don't take it for granted. You never know. You know hopefully. Yesterday morning, he had a chance to wake up and spend time with his kids, at least, and, and see all of them and, and have a, you know, just a chance to say goodbye to them before he went into his day. But it's just awful. And for all of the victims, uh, all nine of them have been identified now. You know, the age ranges are 20 to 65. Just, it's senseless. And, and we're, uh, I ranted a bit earlier uh, on Parlor that, you know, we're going to find out all kinds of stuff about this guy and in hindsight people are going to be oh we we knew this we we could have seen this coming and we just don't we continue to not learn to to not intervene uh when we can and it's got to be an area we get better at you know according to he described as the the suspect i'm not even going to say his name but he describes uh, himself, he was born in Syria in 1999 and came to the U.S. in 2002. Now, that alone is not problematic. I've already seen a bunch of stuff out there that, you know, he's some kind of Islamic extremist and, and this is tied to ISIS. We don't know that yet, okay? We don't know that yet. And the reason I say cool your jets on this is because just jumping and saying this is an Islamic extremist is no different, you know, than... When the Democrats jump and say it's a white supremacist, okay, we can't we can't argue against one but for the other when it, they are the same 
thing ideologically. It's assuming an ideological motive based on someone's personal beliefs. We can't jump to that yet. We don't know their beliefs. And we do know, based upon this behavior, is that it's not normal, that there is a, there's mental defect here, right? And uh, it's, it's not normal to walk out and just commit mass murder to start with. That's period. It's not, it's not normal. So there, there's, a, there's a gap there. Uh, mentally, he's clearly struggling. And and the thing, his brother has come out now and, and told the Daily Beast that that he was very antisocial and paranoid. And number one, I don't know how you, if you're not trained um, clinically, how you tell someone is antisocial versus just introverted. Again, I I don't know, but we get the point. We get where he's going. But my point is, is this was recognized. Again, we another situation where we find out a family member says, "Hey." This, my idiot brother or uncle or nephew, whoever, was was freaking, he was nuts. Okay, maybe that's not right to, to say it that way, but there's mental illness at play here. And it was seen by those. His brother said he described being chased all the time or someone was behind him and following him. Those aren't normal behaviors. That's it's time to intervene with your brother then. And try to get him some help. The brother said they were sitting with their sister in a restaurant. And he was saying how there were people out in the parking lot looking for him. And they went out looking around. And they, they had no idea what was going on in his head. They believed he was mentally ill. They said, he said those words. you know. And a former wrestling teammate of his had told the Daily Beast that you know, he had a temper. That he didn't take losing very well. Well, nobody does, especially in, in sports. But I was involved in, in high school sports. And I didn't take it out on my teammates you know it says here he throw his headgear he wouldn't talk to the coaches if he lost he was cussing coaches out once and you didn't do that you had respect for the coach um like if, you, if you lost rarely depending on the, the sport I mean, wrestling here that's not the coach's fault i don't think you know you got beat you didn't lose you got beat but whatever i'm digressing i'm getting off track here the point being that that's another behavior that gets tied in here. And court records show that, he, that he's had previous run-ins with, with the law for things like assault and criminal mischief. The Colorado, uh, excuse me, Colorado Bureau of Investigation and court records uh, shows that he was sentenced to two months of probation and 48 hours of community service in connection with an incident uh, in high school where, without warning, he walked up and punched a classmate in the head and once that classmate was on the ground, he continued wailing on him. Okay, it's he had problems. And apparently, he just uh, bought the weapon in the last uh, week or so. It sounds like from what his brother had told the Daily Beast, and he was, you know, playing with it a lot. And now, if you're somebody that likes firearms, you get a new weapon, you toy around with it for a couple of days safely. You know what you're doing, but it's not normal behavior for somebody that's 21 years old, I don't think, uh, especially considering his behavior. And it's an entirely new thing. I, these are all signs that, that, you know, that he bought a firearm legally. That's not an issue at all. I don't have any issue with that. His behavior is the problem. 
not the law or the mechanism for legally obtaining the firearm. But Biden today, you know, now they're pivoting. The administration is pivoting within a week's time or just a few days' time. They're making that pivot from white supremacists being responsible for mass shootings back to the lazy and inaccurate assault rifles being responsible because they can't pin this on white supremacy, clearly. Biden started this press conference this morning, but he saying he knew that they'd want him to speculate as to the shooting and what happened and why, and but he wasn't going to do that because he didn't have all the information yet. It wouldn't be responsible to do that. But he spent the next seven freaking minutes speculating about it and, and saying, you know, calling for the assault weapons ban and, and all kinds of asinine comments. This one was clearly modified. Was it, Joe? You decrepit old bitch. I'm sorry, but I'm pissed about this. It was, was it really? Was it modified? How You tell us how it was modified. Because if he's, you know, considering the magazine in it modified, as far as we know, he used, you know, 30-round magazines. Those are standard magazines. It's not a modification. The only other thing I can think of going here is that Joe is uh, insinuating you know, the bump stocks here, you know, making that claim of modified as a means to push that through and get that removed. But there's no indication that that was a part of this either. Listen, anybody with the trained ear to this, you know, you can hear from the video that's been released so far, the audio in it, the shooting that happened was not a rapid fire um, event. You know, it's, it's the normal function of the weapon. You know, one pull of the trigger equals one round, even in rapid succession that way. But it's not the act of, there was no bump stock here. Or it didn't function <laughs> properly if that was the case. But Joe was making all kinds of wild assumptions here. And maybe I am too. Maybe he's not insinuating the bump stock. But I don't know what the hell else he's insinuating by this modified weapon. They just use terms like that. It's like they use assault rifle because it's it looks tactical and scary. This it's so stupid, and, and FBI records show that assault rifles you call them that label them that are next to the bottom in terms of firearms that are used in homicides in gun homicides next to the bottom. They, they account for 1% or less than 1% of all killings by firearms over the last four or five years. It's, it's nothing. It's next to nothing. And that's what pisses me off almost more than anything else about the arguments. The Second Amendment, yeah. I don't want them stepping on it. Get away from it, like all of our amendments, and just, just step off. But... I'm just as equally pissed at how stupid these oh, oh, these fuckers in Congress. I said it. Sorry, I normally save that language for Sundays. But I'm just as equally pissed at them for how ridiculously dumb they are. Listen, when, when we get out here and object to a policy of the left, pick one. I don't care. I'm going to share one with you in a minute, actually. I can articulate about that situation clearly 
Not just can I articulate about it, I can substantiate my position behind it. They throw these, these scary words out for, for feeble-minded sheep, assault rifle. They, they have nothing to substantiate the points they're making. They, they can't. They, I mean, they're all right lying because the, the mathematics, the, the statistics in it speak for themselves. Right? It's, it's an outright lie or just willfully stupid. It's both. But they're idiots. They're so damn dumb. And that, that, that bothers me. The intellectual integrity piece of it. Not being smarter. It, it's so frustrating. But that argument's going to be hot for now since we had two incidents in a week, even though only a scary assault rifle used in one of those. And neither one involved a white supremacist, <laughs> even though the left's trying to spin one of them as such. But just ridiculous. Hey, moving on today. Evanston, Illinois uh, is beginning the first U.S. city to pay reparations to black residents. I'm going to talk a little bit about this one because I have very strong opinions on it. And I wrote an article called Radical Reparations maybe about a month ago that talked about the idea of reparations in greater detail. You can find that in uh, if you go to the original articles section of my website, Radical Reparations. You know, it... What I'm going to say here, let me kind of read what Evanston's coming up with and then talk about that. So Evanston's a a suburb of Chicago, and their city council uh, had voted 8-1 to to distribute $400,000 to eligible black households. Each qualifying household would receive $25,000 for home repairs or down payments on property. So it's very focused, right? It's, It's... they're trying to define some parameters here, which is good because one of the things we argue about re- reparations is you can't just not this is wide cast this wide net of paying everybody money just based on skin color because that's not supremacy. It, it, it's so they're trying to define it. So these the money is gonna has to be used for these specific things, or so they say. Now the pro- program is being funded through donations and revenue from a three percent tax. Uh, on the sale of recreational marijuana. The city has pledged to distribute $10 million over 10 years. Now here's how they're qualifying people. Now they've told you how it has, how it can be spent. Here's how they're qualifying residents. Qualifying residents must either have lived in Evanston or been a direct descendant of a black person who lived in Evanston between 1919 and, you know, 1969 and who suffered discrimination in housing because of city ordinances, policies, or practices. Let me unpack that. There's quite a bit there. Qualifying residents must either have lived in or been a direct descendant of a black person who lived in Evanston between 1919 and 1969. Slaves had been emancipated 50 years by 1919. It's not likely too many were still alive, especially up to 1969. Been 100 years old, uh, you know, more than 100 years old, really. But uh, so, and, and Evanston was an older state; didn't have slaves. So, I mean, it's just listen. The other part of this, where they qualify that they had to have suffered discrimination in housing 
because of Sydney ordinances, policies, or practices. They've already established what that's going to be, okay? Because in order to qualify somebody here with this, how are you going to know if somebody was turned down for a loan in 1921 based upon their race? Or what kind of records are you going to have to be able to do a data set and go back and reverse engineer any reasons unless there's a written somewhere that these people, and that's the thing. Okay, that's where they're going to get it. Is there, there are clearly they're going to point to some city ordinance or policy um, that they have documented that was written back you know, 100 years ago and say this was a racist policy. And it probably was. So they've already qualified that. That's why they even put that in, in this ordinance, it, it makes no sense to me because there, there's this law, whatever they're going to call it. Uh, they've already determined the qualifier. So they don't have to do that work. They don't have to. There's, you know, they don't have to investigate every person to see were they discriminated against or was their descendant discriminated against. They know they have been. They know the laws are there. So it's, it was stupid to put that in there. But I just don't get this is 50 years after slavery, 50 to 100 years after slavery. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Listen, when considering reparations, there are specific variables that need to be examined and defined. It's much easier to try to make a case for reparations when the number of victims is relatively small and easily identifiable, when there are direct victims that are still alive, you know, that when that, you know, an injustice took place during a relatively short period of time, then the perpetrator in that injustice is easily identifiable, you know, and that there was a thing of value that was, was lost for that. And, we did this with the Japanese after World War II, okay? Then there, but it was easy. It was very easy to know who was of ethnic Japanese descent at the time. They knew that they had about 120,000, and it took place between 1942 and 1945. I'm not going to get into more details than that. It's in that article, uh, Radical Reparations, if you want to read it. I've got more information about it. But it was very easy. It was very focused. It made sense. That's not... I'm not being racist for that because I'm I'm saying this policy against people of another race made sense. Uh, but what the Democrats want to do is is basically theft. They want to pay for the sins of some people six generations or more ago. Six generations, 12 generations. They want to go back to the 1600s. They've said this. They want to pay for the sins of, of some people six generations or more ago by taxing all people for the indefinite future. And it is the indefinite future for the rest of time that we pay taxes. That will be there. Because once a tax is passed, it's not repealed. If anything, it will just become another government grab bag to pull money from to use for other things. To basically rob it from the people it was intended to help in the first place. So you're going to get robbed by the government going in and coming out of this one again. And it's... It's just dumb. It's not the responsibility of modern descendants of Polish immigrants like me who arrived in the 1900s to pay reparations for the actions of some American citizens in the 1800s. It's absurd. It's theft. It's also unreasonable for an African American who arrived in the United States from Ethiopia in the 1990s to receive reparations and atonement for unrelated people 
who were enslaved 14 generations before he even came to the country. That's nuts. It's absurd. It's the most asinine, illogical thing in the world. And this is what I'm talking about. There's, I, I can articulate an argument against this that makes sense. At least it makes sense to, to me. I would think to most people that have a fully functioning freaking frontal lobe. Fully functioning freaking frontal lobe. That was almost like four points in scattered. Four points in categories it was. It's the second time now in a couple of shows that's come up. <laughs> I'm missing game night. I used to do game night a lot. I'm divorced. I, I have been for years. My daughter's got more fun things to do than play games with me at night now. So, But I used to love board game nights. I'm digressing. But I needed a break from the vent. <laughs> the hey, listen, the melting pot is, is continually churned in this country. And nobody alive today in the United States has ever owned slaves. Just as nobody alive today in the United States has ever been enslaved. It's not in the United States. The economy of our post-industrial nation should not be further enslaved to compensate for the transgressions of people who in many cases committed those acts before the United States was even established as an independent country. Why is that so hard to grasp? It, it's like, it's unrelated, but it's along the same lines, this argument with the, the immigrants, with the migrants, and, and saying that, you know, they deserve it because we're all migrants. No, we're not. We're not all migrants. You know, and comparing... <laughs> Comparing modern-day you know, descendants of you know, 17th century European settlers who, who cultivated an, an entire social system, an entire culture, an entire country who built that. You know, comparing them to post-industrial uh, migrants you know, or migrants showing up on the doorstep of a post-industrial nation, you know, in 2020, expecting entitlements and, and equal rights? Give me a break. No. That's not how it works. It's uh, same with the reparations. All right, I'm done with that for now. Um, just, <laughs> folks, let me tell you. It's, it's so important to just get educated on these things. Get not just educated on your opinions, as I've shared mine with this, but the the legislations that are out there. Because the, the reparations one that the Democrats in Congress have put forth federally is freaking scary. And it's it's so open ended and there's no it's just no direction. I it, it, the idea is asinine entirely. I, I oh, all right. <laughs> I'm done with that. Hey, so so many of you have sent in the essays, and they are amazing. I tell you, I have enjoyed reading every single one of them. I've blown away really by all of them. I have not a single one of them is anything that I would have expected. They they just they've been super creative. Uh, I'm excited to read them. I had. Said my essay contest was sent in that this Thursday show will be my 100th podcast, and I'm going to read five of those on that podcast. And those five people uh, will get a Truth Verified travel mug, stainless steel travel mug, 
sent out to them. My compliments and thanks for your engagement with the show. It's going to be tough to whittle it down to five. I'm telling you, some of these are, they're all amazing. But yeah, so Thursday will be my 100th podcast. I started last year as the Federalist Forum. And as uh, the year went on, I rebranded later in the year to the Tommy C Show. Felt it a little bit more uh, engaging and more in line with the direction the show was going, which is commentary in addition to some of the historical uh, references and, and education I like to try to provide. So, but the 100th podcast, so that's going to be a really cool show for me. And let me tell you, there's a few things. Not only am I going to read those essays from those of you that have sent them in, uh, they're 100 to 125 words. So they're not, they're paragraphs. So I, we won't be sitting here for hours. Don't worry. Uh, but I'm also going to give those mugs away. I'm going to have discount officer uh, offers from my store during the show. And how can I do that during the show, you say? When you're all watching or listening at different times? That's because this Thursday show will be live. <clears throat> That's right. I have found a way uh, to do this live uh, that I believe will function great. Uh, and so this Thursday show will be a live show. And during that show, if you're tuning in and watching me live, and I'll, show, I'll talk to you in a minute about how to do that, uh, you will... Uh, be able to, there'll be some other offers and discounts I'm going to offer in there to my, my store. So, But I'm currently doing my show four days a week. And I had said that my plan was to get uh, to five shows a week. And I'm hoping that by summer I am. Well, now I'm going to do a live show at least once a week, maybe two, uh, I, which does so much. It allows me to engage with you in real time. There's an interactive uh, chat option uh, in that live platform. I'll be able to have guest, uh, you know, guest appearances and interviews, and then the process of reaching out to a few people regarding that. Really excited for where that can go. So it's just really cool. I, I'm so excited for this evolution. Now, episodes will still be recorded and uploaded afterwards. I'll be sending out a link this Thursday, just prior to going live at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, I'll post that link to my parlor page at the Tommy C Show. I'm going to be integrating that information on my website eventually too. But the live show is hosted, going to be hosted by Riverside FM. And Riverside is kind of a cross between like a Podbean and a Zoom. They've put this unique uh, FM platform together where you can, you know, podcast video live. Uh, and people can listen or watch to your shows live through that platform. Now, Riverside requires Chrome in order to function properly. So if you want to engage and enter the chat window of that live show, with me and interact, ask questions, or engage with other people that might be chatting in there at the time, you want to make sure to have the most recent version of Chrome installed for that to function good. I don't believe Riverside supports mobile options just yet. Uh, haven't played with that aspect of it. You may be able to view and listen, but not engage in the chat. I just recommend using your laptop or desktop. Uh, and again, I'll send that link out to watch uh, the show. Uh, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time this Thursday, the 25th. I'll send that out on my parlor page just before the show. So hit that uh, little subscribe bell on my parlor page if you don't want to miss that. I'm really excited for this. I've been wanting to do this, and a few people have expressed interest in it and have asked me about it, especially recently. So I found a way to work with uh, this Riverside where I can uh, purchase live time. YouTube, you can live stream, but you need to have a 1,000 subscribers. I'm not 
anywhere near that yet because I just launched on the YouTube uh, platform in the last couple of weeks. And the video uh, aspect of my show is really new since January. So slowly listeners migrating over from Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to their iHeartRadio, and who want to watch the show, slowly migrating over. Um, but it's cool. So I'm thinking about making the Sunday Morning Coffee with Tom episodes live episodes. I don't know. What do you think? Leave me a comment in the chat for the video either on YouTube or Rumble or on my parlor uh, post with the video. And let me know what uh, you think. If you'd like to see those Sunday morning shows live, I might do, uh, maybe I'll do two shows a week live. Eventually I get to all of them. I don't know. But I'm going to start with one or two. I'm going to purchase airtime enough to do one or two a week. So if you think that Sunday morning episode is something you'd like to see live, let me know. I certainly wouldn't mind doing it uh, live. I think this past Sunday's technical problems where I couldn't get the show loaded, the video for the show loaded for 12 hours, a little frustrating. That really nudged me along the way in this live process. But let me know. Give me your feedback on that. I, you know, so much about this show that's evolved, really all of it has come from your interaction and your suggestions, whether it's on the audio portion, the video portion, uh, or, you know, now even the, the going live option. So I'm very grateful for your feedback, and I take it to heart, and I want to continue to do uh, what you enjoy watching or listening to and what works for you. Yeah, that's all I have for today. If you enjoyed the show, I'd be very grateful if you'd take a minute to share it with your friends and family. Feel free to follow and engage with me on Parlor. My handle is at the Tommy C Show. Or check out my website, therealtommyc.com, for other ways to contact me, to view my original articles. Again, go check out Radical Reparations. I wrote it about a month ago. You can also check out the Truth Verified store on my website or contribute to the show through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App if you appreciate the commentary and would like to help and support me continue to do this. And friends, it is time for all of us to passionately take action. And we, the people, have a proud history of doing just that. <laughs>